What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Kadash Podcast. This is your host, Joshua O'Connor, and we are back. Um, after taking a week off, we are back. Um, we're back in the book of Revelation, and we're going through basically Revelation 2 right now, um, paragraph by paragraph. And uh, today we're going to be in Revelation 2, verses 12 through 17. And I believe this has some more good stuff. You know, um, all of these um, letters um, to these churches have a lot of understanding and revelation in them that apply to now. Of course, the whole Bible applies to now. The Bible says that it's all, you know, um, God-given, spirit-breathed for correction, rebuking, training, and righteousness, etc., right? All of it is. But I believe that a lot of what is in Revelation is things that may not have been going on um, throughout the whole time, but are going on abundantly, let's just say that, now, okay? Things that we need to be attentive of and we need to watch out for, and then how to um, fight against those, okay? We need to have understanding, right? Hosea 4, 6, right? People are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. Okay, so we're here to preach the word. That's why we're listening. We're trying to learn, right? So that we can gain knowledge, right? Because Proverbs says for us to seek knowledge. And, uh, you know, how is it? It is a crown, right? And um, that um, in that, we find and get to know um, Jesus and uh, the path of life that he desires for us, right? So um, let's pray and then we'll jump in. Father, thank you for this book, Lord. Thank you for um, your son. Thank you for his blood that cleans, cleanses our conscience, makes us new, creations born and birth of a new bloodline, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we have access to this through the son, that um, the, the spirit makes it a reality in us. Thank you for your spirit. Father, thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, may you speak to us. May you use what is going to be spoken in application in us. And um, Lord, may we just follow after you. May we have hearts that seek you. May we have hearts that desire you and love you, Lord. And may our life and desires reflect that which you say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go. Let's jump in. I'm in NLT currently. Um, we're going to go through a little bit of Greek in here. I love um, Hebrew, and um, I love the understanding that it brings to the Word because there's some mind-blowing stuff in here that um, that I think we need to catch. So I'm going to read through it first, then we'll go, right? Okay, so starting in verse 12, Revelation 2, verse 12, um, it says, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Pergamum. This is the message from the one with the... With a sharp two-edged sword. I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne, yet you have remained loyal to me. You refuse to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. But I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans uh, among you who follow the same teaching. Repent of your sin 
or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the seven churches, to everyone who is victorious. I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each of you, each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Okay, so starting at the top, okay, um, this is a, a, a letter to the angel which contains a message from Jesus, right? He is the one with the sharp two-edged sword, right? Not only is um, that, it says something that comes out of his mouth, right? It's his tongue, his word, it's the Bible as well, right? Okay, the Bible, uh, you know, the Bible says that, that, that the sharp two-edged sword is the word of God, okay? But so is Jesus. We got to remember that, right? In John, John chapter one, okay, it says, I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne. Okay, you dwell there. He knows where you where you reside, where you stay, etc. Okay, um, he says you. Yet you have remained loyal to me. So he's speaking to us. He's speaking to us. This is directed towards us, not them. Okay, so um, this will be uh, happening within. He's, he's written to a church. So all this is taking place within a, a church. Okay, so we must be aware of that. Okay, it says, you refuse to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. So this is beautiful. This is glorious. There are a people that remained loyal even though there were circumstances around them that looked troublesome. So that tells me that they have spiritual eyes to see, right? They, they didn't deny him. They remained loyal. Where Satan is in his city, even though others around them were being martyred, killed for their faith. Okay? So, but look, check this out, though. He says, I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam. So, let's let's check this out, right? Okay, I looked this word up um, in the Greek. Okay? So, this word Balaam, okay, is it was a person, right? It was it was an unrighteous prophet. Okay, so it's almost reminding me of the prophets in the Old Testament that were were prophets, but they were um, being swayed by the leaders, right? Um, and 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 given money to say specific things, right? Okay, so it's it's happening. It's continuing to happen. So, but look, check this out. Um, in the Greek, um, there's like a description. Okay, at the bottom. And it says that um, he was endued by Jehovah with prophetic power. Okay, so he had a sign of being um, the, from God, right? And and he even possibly was. But look at his motives. He says he was hired by Balak to curse the Israelites and influenced. Okay, so the influence of this teacher. This person that is um, that is teaching things that showed Balak, this other um, prophet, I believe. Did I look up that one too? No, I don't have that one. Okay, so he taught this other guy how to trip up and and how to put a how to cause the people of Israel to stumble. But look, look at what his what he held to. Okay, it says that he was influenced by the love of 
reward. Okay? So his love was not for, for, for Jesus. Okay, remember the first podcast that we did where we were talking about first love in the lampstand, right? His love was not in him. His love was for the was came from what he received, the reward. The reward was his love. So it, it's good to look and understand this because the loss of first love means your love is placed somewhere else, right? We can't be so consumed about what we can receive from God. And I believe there's a lot of teaching even, right? Because it, it says that that you tolerate some of the teaching who's like that of Balaam, okay? So he was influenced by the love of reward. And, and the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if his influence came from this, he was speaking from the place of the desire of his heart, which was from the love of reward. Now, this is taking place a lot. Uh, today in the, the the Western church, right, where we are, and where we are so consumed about what God can do for me instead of Jesus alone, right? Eyes on him alone, the, right? Paul says to fix your eyes on Jesus, right? He says, I've counted all things as a loss, and I always bring these things up because they matter, okay? We cannot love what we can have in this world more than Jesus alone, right? In Genesis, he tells um, Abraham, he says, I am your exceedingly great reward. And this man is the father, the founder of faith, right? We need to look at these um, people and their character and their nature, okay? He cared about what God wanted to do, right? He was willing to sacrifice his first son, Right? That wasn't something that was normal back then. The, the first son, the, 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 the first son was, um, was treasured in their uh, culture, right? Okay? So we can't be so consumed by the love of what we can receive, how he can bless me, what he can do for me, what he can provide for me, his provision, right? Uh, a lot of people, there's a, a saying that says, you know, they're to seek his face and not seek his hand right? You seek his face, he will extend his hand, right? And it's not that we do it for the extension of his hand, but we do it for his face, right? Okay, so this man was influenced by the love of reward, what he could get, how you can live your 10 steps to your best life, to living a blessed life, right? Blessing is not material things. Blessing of God is his peace, his joy, is life in us, right? Christ in you. Okay? So let's keep going. Um, so we see that here. That, okay, so he's teaching these people love reward. Okay? This is how we can get the people of Israel, how we can get, get the followers of God to be tripped up, is get them to be so influenced by the love of reward that their eyes come off of God and onto what they can get. Right? So look at this. Not only that, it says he taught them to sin by eating food uh, offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. Okay? So this word, where am I at? I'm in 4203, where, where it says commit sexual sin at the end, right? So check this out. I want to show you this. Okay? That word is porneo, and I'm sure you've heard this all over the place. But 
because a lot of people talk about, you know, this is where that word uh, derived from in today's age, right? Okay, but look at this. The, 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 the description of this sexual sin, right? Because if we go back and we look at where it is in the verse, it's, in, uh, it's at the end of verse 14. Okay, look at this. It says to fornicate, right? But not only that, it says to practice idolatry. Okay, look at the end. It says to be unfaithful to Christ while posing as his true follower. That's the that's the the definition of this porneo that is translated into the English as sexual sin. Is that it's unfaithfulness to Christ while posing as a follower of Christ. Okay? So let's go back to Revelation 2. These are people that were following Christ, right? Yet they were being unfaithful to Christ because they were taught this by Balak, who was in turn taught by Balaam, right? Which was influenced by the love for reward. What can I get out of this? It's, it's, it's just the feeding of the flesh, right? That's ultimately what sexual immorality is, is that I desire what I desire in the flesh matters more than to who my greatest desire is which should be Jesus, right? Okay? So let's go on, okay? Um, in a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans among you who follow the same teaching. So all this is happening within this body of Christ, within this church. So um, that's why, you know, I always point back to this, and I'm sorry that I'm saying this again, but that's why Jesus said, right, in the end, you know, don't be deceived. Many are going to come in his name and deceive many, okay? These are people within a place, right? Within the, the, the community uh, of, of claiming the body that are not following Christ. But their love is for the reward. And, 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 being, and in that, they're being unfaithful to Christ. That's uh, adultery against Christ is desiring something else above him okay and then he says repent of your sin so and this is just even dwelling amongst them because he doesn't say you he said some among you he has this complaint against you and he's saying repent of your sin or i will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth okay Anyone with, he with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit. Okay, we've talked about in the past one, hearing and listening are different. Understand what he's saying to the seven churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. Now that I want to dive into. Okay, this word manna, let's, let's read this real quick. Okay, it says it's a supernatural food that was eaten by the Israelites in the desert. It's spiritual food. Okay, now check this out. I'm going to read this. It says, There is evidence to show that the Jewish theology regarded the giving of the manna as the miracle par excellence, the nonplus ultra even for the Messiah. In fact, that rabbis taught that the Messiah would prove his authority by repeating just this miracle which they had held. Uh, Moses had proved this as he was the Redeemer. Um, 
He would call, have, hold on, where's, what I was looking at, was that over here? Ah, okay. So, this manna that is provided to those who repent, right? Those who understand, those who are listening, those who are moving in, in, in the direction that, that Christ's words flow, receive a spiritual nutrition on the inside, a flowing of his spirit, right? A Psalm 1 tree operating exactly how he created you to because you're the tree that's delighting in him that's planted by the stream of the spirit of Jesus. Okay? Which it's, it, it flows from where? Heaven. Because it's hidden in heaven, but yet a church here on earth has access to it. That should blow your mind. You have access to a spiritual food that comes from heaven, from who we are here, from the action that we take here. Check that out. And it says to those okay, who repent, who hear and listen, who receive the manna, right? Because he's giving it, right? Who receive it. And it says, and I will give to each one on one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. So this I want to want to talk about for a second. Okay, this is the one that I wanted to read all of it. Sorry about that last one. I read a little bit too much on that one that I didn't want to, but check this out. Okay, this word this word is anoma. Okay, in Greek, and it says the manifestation or revelation of someone's character as distinguishing them from all others. Thus, praying in the name of Christ means to pray as directed, authorized by him, bringing revelation that flows out of being in his presence. Praying in Jesus' name, therefore, is not a religious formula just to end prayers or to get what we want. So this is a derivative, from my understanding, from Gnosko, which is um, intimately knowing Jesus in an experiential way. Okay, That produces this Anoma. Okay, because look, if I go back, this word name, right? The, the the Strong's Greek says it's a presumed derivative of the base of gnosko, which is this intimate knowing, this intimately knowing Christ that is received from receiving this flow of this hidden manna through the action that we take. It it it's it's revelation of the character of Jesus, of the nature of Jesus in you, right? And it flows from where? Being in his presence. Look this word up, anoma, O-N-O-M-A, okay? Study, research, okay? This praying in Jesus' name, is it's saying that it's not just a religious formula to end prayers, but it's actually, it's, it's the basis of intimate, experiential knowledge of Christ through being with him. It's, it's, it's knowing him. Okay. And, and, and we receive this anoma. Okay. Through being with him. Okay. Everyone who is victorious. Everyone who doesn't hold to these teachings, everyone who, who recognizes and has discernment, 
who follows after him, who repents, right? Who changes their ways, right? That's what repentance is, is going the opposite direction of the, this teaching where we're more enamored with what we can receive from God versus instead of him. Okay, we're returning from that. Okay, so we heard, we listened, we turned. Okay, we then, then we have access to the, 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 the spiritual manna from heaven, the spiritual food that he supplies us, that flows from heaven to each of us, that produces in us a revelation and an understanding of him, right? right? Jesus says, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, right? You have no life in you or no part in you. He says that, that he is the bread came down from heaven. He is the manna that came down from heaven. This is him, okay? When you consume him, you have the access to know him, which births his nature and his character in you, right? Which is birthed from being with him, his presence, his presence, right? It says that this, ano this anoma, right, is revelation that flows out of being with him. And it's the manifestation of the revelation of his character in my character, your character, who you are. You can only have... The, the, this, this discernment through the denying, right? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, right? The repentance of the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, of getting to know, gnosko, God. Not oida, this simple, basic, I know that. It's no, man, I know him. I know him. I know him. So we're going to end it there. Go research this for yourself. I hope that this blessed you. Um, I love you guys. And um, I just pray that this uh, podcast blessed you. Uh, thank you guys for following, for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. I hope that we get to grow together and uh, that we really take these words to heart, take his words to heart, and may they transform us. So, um, yeah, I'll see you all guys in the next one. Love you guys. Later.